Sportages. Sport gets smarter. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Sportages, where we bring you insights into the sporting world, straight from athletes, sports biz, sports professionals, and more. Our guest today is the founder of Fun With Balls, the company behind innovations like multi-ball, interactive squash, and their most recent technology, Limbic Active, the first home fitness solution that keeps you active while you're focusing on fun. Marcus Kern, welcome welcome to the show, Marcus. Hey, hey. thanks for having us. It's, it's good to finally chat because we've obviously had engagements via email and, you know, we did a piece with you uh, some point last year on interactive squash. And we, of course, we've got you on board to chat at the squash summit. So we'll, we'll get into all of that, Marcus. But I just wanted to start off um, with a little bit about this new product. You know, I, I come across it on, on LinkedIn. I come across it on social media. Everyone's talking about it. You guys are doing an incredible job marketing it. And the product itself looks awesome. You know, so tell me, a little bit about Limbic, why you decided to launch it, what was the idea behind it? You, of course, have been in a very, you work in a very similar space as you've done with multi-ball and interactive squash, but what's Limbic all about, mate? Well, generally, I mean, we've been in the space now for five years and we found a lot of things that work really well. And basically, if you bring it down in a, to a nutshell, what we do is we try to take elements of gaming and technology and make sports much more engaging because we all know that problems like everybody's sitting too much, everybody's being engaged in computer gaming too much. Um, and we try to embrace it and bring it or use it in a way that we can actually activate people for it. And even when we started the company, we always had this vision that we want to cover the full range. So we want to go into pro training centers, but we also want to have a very low entry barrier, which is your hope. And normally we, we planned this much later, but then came COVID. So we had a little bit of time to focus on other things. Obviously, sales of interactive squash courts and multi-ball were very slow this year because nobody likes to invest if there's nobody showing up at the venue. So we just took it a little bit further and tried to basically lower the entry bar even more. Look, I think that's fantastic. I mean, now more than ever, we need uh, opportunities to sort of work out at home, right? I mean, you know, here in Australia, things are a little bit different, but even with the vaccine coming out, things are going to take time and for everything to get back to normal. So I think, you know, Limbic is fantastic on that front. But, you know, you, you talk about how you've been in the space for five years. How, what, what are the similarities of Limbic, perhaps from the tech side, but also in terms of the lessons that you've learned from your previous products, such as Multiball and Interactive Squash? And how have you sort of implemented those learnings into Limbic? Well, it's a very good point that, you, that you're asking about because there's, there's two elements that define our work. The one is obviously the tech side. We got to build sensors. We got to have software. It's all about server-based applications, updates, like very, very detailed hard and software. Um, and, and that's been hard enough especially if you want to fit something that's normally a big wood, uh, metal frame and sensors in the room and whatever into one box that does it all. It's, it's been pretty, pretty challenging. But the other part is the understanding of the logic behind it. Because what these all our products have in common, they run on the same platform, they run on the same kind of software applications and sensor systems. But much more importantly, they, they basically hack your brain 
in all the similar way. One one term we always hear is, okay, just one more round. And this goes on for two hours. Yeah. What we always say is like people come here and say, I, I, I'm not going to do any sport, but let me try quick. And two hours later, they realize they're completely sweaty and they've been working out for like a thousand calories, even though they didn't intend to. And, and that's basically the biggest value that we have is the hardened software, anybody with money or anybody that is from the field can somehow solve that or come up with something similar. But for us, the main challenge is always, how do you package it in something that's very easy to start, very easy to just get lost in four hours. So you're not thinking about the hard discipline that you normally need to do of training a stupid drill for half an hour. Your brain is fully occupied and it's just like, this is so much fun. I'm not going to think about something else. Yeah, look, I mean, you know, me personally, I, I don't like going to the gym. I'd rather be doing something that's not as monotonous. Uh, and I'm and I'm very keen when I go to the Gold Coast to actually try out the uh, interactive squash facility over there. So I think this is perfect if I can have that in my house. You know, it's an absolute win-win. Um, what I've also heard, and correct me on this point, is that, you know, you guys are doing some sort of uh, fundraising for it at the moment. Uh, through yeah. so tell me a little bit about that and what the response has been like on that front well like i said normally we planned to i mean interactive squash and multi-ball are going well we're still not profitable because obviously we're doing too many activities and also we're offering the hardware at basically our own cost so this has always been a challenge for us to to just we needed to get funding and work with it and what we've been planning before is like building the limbic is super expensive like because now we're getting into the product product now we're getting into in the early days if you ordered an interactive squash the moment you ordered it we started ordering the parts now for about a year we're like we have five six systems on stock if you order an interactive squash today we're just going to ship it out tomorrow that's already a gigantic step but with the limbic it's like we need to build five thousand units yeah. and cover about half a million in development tools like you need to build like uh molding equipment like all these things so we decide okay this is not something that we obviously have cash at hand so we decided to go to kickstarter which worked really really well so we've been raising almost 260k euros on kickstarter we're now transitioning yeah. over to indiegogo so you can pre-order your system at a reduced price which helps us a lot to take down the financial pressure of actually building more of these um, and it's so far been amazing. We obviously received a lot, a lot, a lot of people asking to distribute the product, which we're still considering how we do it. Um, so yeah, it's a little bit of shift of going into a much more capital intensive field for us mm -hmm. because consumer, nobody likes to buy something that you get in a couple of months, but the crowd per se also gives us the flexibility and a lot of knowledge because we, inter inter uh, we we communicate with them really really closely to also put on the last finishing touches yeah look i i think it's fantastic and what's what's really interesting to me though marcos is look obviously you look at you know places like you're in germany i'm in i'm in australia we've got the us the uk other parts of europe um i can see just from you know, the people around me that this would do really, really well because these are countries and there's a push for a uh, fitness lifestyle. Yeah. Do you do you think that these products, including Limbic, eventually also fit into 
countries where, you know, which are still going through what a lot of people would call a fitness revolution. For example, we're looking at places like India, where, you know, sports is on the rise, fitness uh, is suddenly a huge industry and wasn't necessarily five years ago. So what are your thoughts on, you know, the amazing work that you're doing? How does that translate to some of these uh, other countries or, you know, what we wouldn't necessarily call the West? Mm, super good point. And, and when we started, we went completely international from the beginning because we knew that adapting these things, and especially four or five years ago, was like, you got to be like a super early adopter, futurist or tech lover to actually go for it. Now that's changing. And what we see even in, in other countries, I mean, we're now shipping the first units to Africa. We're shipping the first units to India, actually. Um, luckily enough, a lot of our employees are Indian, so we have good connections there and, and yeah. we, we can address the market nicely. But generally, one term that she used is the fitness lifestyle. And what I think what's needed is, especially in these countries, I mean, fitness in the beginning we had sports and then we realized sports is very it takes time you need to learn it and then we said like can we just package that in fitness and fitness is just like no i just want to have a nice body i'm just going to make a very simple deal i spend yeah. time at the gym i want to have a nice body we are a lover of of more elements that are more connected to sports because yeah. the discipline the social interaction the the coordination skills the the strategy the tactics like all this comes together and that's basically what we try to package so what we will be seeing in the general future is a little bit moving away from that fitness. Like, I just want to have apps. I'm just going to do that movement a lot to a more holistic, I want to have a healthy body. I want to engage and stuff like that. And the funny thing is, in, in some cases, some countries are far behind, but in some cases, exactly these countries are also leading a little bit. I mean, the Middle East, we have some, some requests for proposals from the Middle East where you're like, hey, these people have no history of sports. They have an obesity rate of 60%. And these people are now saying, hey, we need to spend government money to actually make sure that in 20, 30 years, we're not bankrupt because everybody's sick. Yeah. So it's a little bit like the, the people last in line might be the people first in line. So it's, it's a very interesting dynamic situation right now. Yeah, look, I think that last point is absolutely fantastic because I, I obviously I live most of my life in the UAE and I think there's no better way to get people active than the gamification stuff that you guys do. It's it's yeah. perfect. And not to mention it's it's indoors uh, more often than not, which makes it really, really helpful with the with the climate over there. And Marcos, I also like that, you know, you talked about sports and strategy and mental mental sort of capacity at the same time as physical well-being. And that's a great segue into what I sort of wanted to talk about next, which was, of course, uh, the book that you've recently written, uh, Quantum Leap, The Future of Sport. Tell me a little bit about what it's, tell me about it and, you know, what what's the thinking behind it, uh, that sort of thing. Yeah, perfect. I mean, so far it's now being translated. Uh, it's it's already published in Germany, Austria, and Switzerland. Um, in case you're a lover of the German language, I invite you to to just uh, uh, get it. I mean, for us in the beginning, we started this whole journey out of a mission. So, and everybody here at our company, basically, if we could find ways to not have to pay them, and they would be rich, they'd probably work on the same mission at the same time. But we realized that this topic, first of all, has a lot of social implications, which are so much bigger than a product or a solution per se. 
there's there's elements of the crazy shift that we're going through and that's just going to be accelerating a million times that things like our cell phones our laptops our uh, covid uh everything like will happen at a much accelerated pace and a lot of people are not aware of that you still have tennis trainers that think that the way to solve the problem of declining participation is to offer more free lessons on a saturday at the local tennis center yeah and that's not happening like nobody from the people who love fortnite who love league of legends or who spend hours and hours on TikTok will say oh the 60 year old guy is giving me a free lesson of a sport that's really really hard to learn that i consider to be way too elitist at this place where i have to stand in the sun and i have to buy a racket and shoes and be with all these hey they just download an app they have a million times more fun yeah and they're gonna have much more interaction with community and so on so so all that led me to just being i i needed to write down this whole picture of there's this crazy technology transformation there's sports participation declining there's our brain working on a completely different level and at the same time we have a body from like two three hundred thousand years ago that if you don't use it right is just going to be completely effed up in the making you we have people that are nine years old that can't run backwards mm. they like we have a trainer in the us they say if they throw a ball from six meters away the rate is one third of the balls in the first hour is actually going to reach the wall like kids throw them and they drop it in the back or they throw them right in front of their feet because they don't have the right coordination of letting go at the right moment wow. and that's insanely scaring if you think about it and at the same time you have all these options which can be this not just ours but also a lot of others which basically are the perfect remedy for that so federations sponsors like all these people actually need to understand the bigger picture of things yeah look i mean uh you know you and you guys have obviously done that with your product interactive squash which i'm going to come to in just a second marcos just before that for everyone watching listening wherever you are be sure to check out you know the the new product that fun with balls has uh developed limbic it'll be in the description the, the caption below and then all the other products all of that stuff will be in the description, be sure to check it out. Marcos, coming back to, uh, you know, interactive squash, which you, you know, you talked about federations uh, or associations, sporting organizations, you have made, you know, really big strides into uh, a rather niche sport called squash that we all uh, know about, which you guys work really closely with as one of the things that you do. And so do we as one of the things that we do at Sportages. And, you know, this has uh, now culminated into something that we're sort of doing together as well, where, which I mentioned earlier, you're going to be on, on the uh, squash summit uh, program and you're going to be speaking exactly about uh, the things that you've learned through your time within within that sport. Um, first, very quickly, have you, did you ever play much of the game before, you know, interactive squash? Was it something you enjoyed? The funny thing is, uh, I did not. And the first time I actually played squash was the, the time when I had the idea. Um, so the funny thing is, that's maybe one of the reasons why why we are so, so not aggressive but so pushy with federations sponsors everybody actually from the squash world is 
I played squash for the very first time three weeks before I started the company. And one of the biggest learnings, forget the, the product that I had in mind from the first second when I saw it, it was like clear to me, it's like this needs to be. But what's much more important is the, the cognitive dissonance between what I felt like playing it for the very first time and the image of the sport that I had already. Not actively, but that was just like, you know, it was just the radio chatter that came through. It's like squash was that thing for me. I played it. And it was super fun. I was like, this is fucking amazing. More people should play it. Yeah. It's so much fun. It's so active. And then it's like, why do I think of this sport as something for old guys in shitty squash courts that are grumpy old grandparents still saying people should remember? And that led me to that doesn't work with each other. And in the middle, there was this if you now can put that up with technology. And just, and this is a little bit of the arrogance that we need to fight in, in, in federations and not cater squash thinking to squash players to grow the squash yeah. board because that's not happening. Yeah. If you now say, look, we're going to make it a little wider, you can come into this cool, super fancy, amazing room and you're going to, what? You're going to have a party with three of your other kids and you're just going to play around. You know what's going to happen? At some point, they will come to the trainer and say, now give me a racket. I can't win that game. I need to be faster. I saw the other guy. He's like, badam, badam, badam. I want to be badam, badam, badam. Give me a racket. Show how it works. Instead of parents forcing their kids to do squash lessons and people thinking that, you know, it's like, it's, it's, and this is like why it's a big part of the book. Federations naturally come from a very arrogant point of view. They come from preserving something that is already working. Yeah. They like their 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 job is like the job of a bank. You bring us the money, we make sure it's safe. But this is not how it works. Nobody's bringing you money anymore. Like it's yeah. like you need to be going out and saying like, hey, we have an idea what to do with your money, and that's like the complete problem that identifies not only squash, but probably ninety percent of the sports which are suffering from a declining participation. Mm -hmm. It's mindset. They're not looking at new ideas. They're not being open to people who are not in their custom crowd already. And this is the prime example of a federation trying to tell the Olympic committee that this is my custom crowd. I am great. I am great. You should realize that something's wrong with you if you're not realizing that. Yeah. That's not how things run today. Absolutely, mate. Look, I, I cannot agree more. And it's really interesting because, you know, in there aren't a lot of outsiders who come into games like squash and, and that's something that you guys have done. And, you know, we've also been able to do that with no sort of really background to it per se, no connections, that sort of thing. But coming to obviously talking about squash, you know, what, without giving too much away, of course, what can we expect to hear about from you at the, at the squash summit? And, you know, what are your general thoughts of, of being a part of it? I mean, first of all, within the last five years, especially talking with federations, with all the pro players, like we have a pretty good understanding, like what's or how things in the system as, as the whole ecosystem can be improved at a very, very low level. And this doesn't mean that we're telling everybody now you all need to get interactive squash courts. Um, so this is but a that great wouldn't be bad. That wouldn't be bad if they did. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to like, we, yeah. we've now 
have a lot of squash courts out there and there's yeah. not a single one that is not working well. Yeah. And there's not a single one that doesn't come back to us and say like, listen, we, we just have an influx and on Saturdays we have problems like finding slots because it's fully booked out and that's yeah. what you want. So this is obviously, but still it's, it's an expensive system and you got to be able to afford it. And so, mm -hmm. but there's already things that very, at a very, very basic level change how the sport is perceived how the big yeah. decisions are made, how you can actually apply for these things and, and get partners on board. Like you said, outsiders are like an injection of fresh blood or that's something that normally in the, in the very beginning, we started working with squash and people are like, who are these people? Who do you know? Like who, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And you haven't been playing squash for 20 years. And I was like, it, it, that shouldn't count. <laughs> it's like, and it's been so hard to break into some of these structures and, Another thing that you can expect from any any uh, presentation I do, I'm not known to be very soft. And I like to show people this is a massive problem and you need to realize it now. So maybe um, some people, I always say like 10% of the people are offended, 90% are going to learn something. Um, that's, that's very valuable. And um, we have a couple of cool updates also about our system, really, really cool new features that also connect with pro players. We have the recording thing right now, which is amazing if you're like, if you're trying to, to optimize your game. Um, so we're going to talk about that a little bit, but the, the much, much bigger topic is this much needed change of thinking and the way that we approach these problems. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit like, we're having a big problem and we're not talking about it. Yeah. We're like, hey, you know, participation is going like this. If you look like how many, how many super cool kids in the age of 16 do you know that have a huge following in their school and say, I'm a squash player. Yeah. They're like, no, I play squash, but yeah. Yeah, I do that sometimes. Yeah. Because it's not cool. Yeah. It's not cool at all. And that needs to change. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Maybe except in, in Egypt, perhaps, but, uh, you know, well, but yeah. they did amazing things, right? Because they yeah. focused on the youth and it became a cool thing and they did it well and they have their stars. Obviously it took 20 years or I don't know, don't know the full specifics, but that's what I mean. It has a value in terms of being cool and on the social spectrum. Whereas if I tell somebody I'm a squash player in Germany, people literally say, oh, I didn't know people still play squash. Yeah. I thought that's that was in the 80s, right? <laughs> yeah, look, I can relate. I, I told someone I, I went for a hit at a club recently and they said, oh, mate, you've got a lot of money. <laughs> so there's, <laughs> you know, there's that elitist exactly. perception. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, look, Marcos, just before we finish up, I have to ask you one question. Um, what's up with the raccoons, mate? You got to tell me a little bit about the, the raccoons, what's going on over there. Um, yeah, so so we have a wonderful office in the middle of a park. Um, yeah. So here you see it. So we have a lot of space. It's, it's one of the biggest oh, wow. inner city parks. And if yeah. you see, there's also some old structures uh, like with, with electricity. Yeah. And uh, yeah, already we all, we've always been very aware of nature and we always kept our own bees and have our vegetable garden. And somehow sometime last year, somebody was like, hey, you know that the squirrel, um, it's like a rescue orphanage for squirrels. So if you find a squirrel on the street, which has been rejected or the crows pick the nest or whatever, you call these people and they bring them to nice little old ladies and 
and nourish them with it's really like hard stuff but yeah they grow up and then you have to let go of them so you need to have special cages where they can adapt to the change and then you let them go and so we were just like hey we have space let's build a cage and we built this gigantic squirrel orphanage and uh, been very close with a <laughs> with a vet um, and raccoons are obviously their invasive species in Germany. And at some point, somebody's like, yeah, they just shot a raccoon and the babies are there. They're going to kill yeah. the thing. Uh, long story short, we was like, yeah, we're going to nourish them and we're going to give them a home here. And now we have four super, super cool tame raccoons, which live here in a giant uh, cage. And, and yeah, I normally, if it would be warmer now, I always have my call in their, in their cage because it has a nice terrace. Yeah. And then at some point, the raccoons are climbing around. It's, uh, yeah. So it's uh, everything's a little bit. Uh, we're a good example of like a little bit of a crazy startup environment here. <laughs> well, look, Marcos, I think that's that's absolutely fantastic. Um, I've I've got my little uh, my kitten and my cat here, uh, just walking around trying nice. to get my attention. But um, yeah, we have two here in the office as well. Oh, fantastic! That's that's okay. that's great, mate. Look, it's been a pleasure talking to you, Marcos, and obviously. Looking forward to hearing from you at the Squash Summit once again, which is just a couple of weeks away. Uh, for everyone watching, listening in, like I mentioned earlier on, be sure to check out Limbic and everything else that the amazing people at Fun With Balls are doing. And also register for the Squash Summit uh, to hear Marcos and hear more of his insights. It is, of course, completely free. And we'll add the link to the description wherever you are watching or listening, Marcos. It's been an absolute pleasure, mate, and wishing you all the best and more and more success on your end. Thank you. And so much like kudos for just pushing this because it is a highly, highly important topic to, to start this whole conversation and to put a much bigger spotlight on like these things and also the others that I saw on the list. So I'm very, very much looking forward to it. And thanks for, for, for bringing this because it's, this is how you make progress. Absolutely, mate. Well, you have a lovely day ahead and we'll be in touch soon. Have a good night. <laughs>